Are you obsessed with Los Angeles? Head over heels in love with the City of Angels? Well, this is the podcast for you. At LifeX LA, we hack the best in arts, eats, and activities in Los Angeles. So join us and become an LA hacker. Baby, baby. Hey, what's going on? This is Stefan, and this is episode 33 of the Life Hacks LA podcast. Got a really awesome episode today because we're going to be hacking Disneyland. That's right, the happiest place on earth. And to tackle something as big as the Magic Kingdom, we had to bring on a well-qualified guest to do that. And that's what we did. Her name is Chantel, and she owns DisneylandTourGuide.com, where she shares the best in Disney discounts, tips, tricks, and hacks. I don't want to waste a lot of time in this intro because this episode has just got so much great information. I want to jump right into it. So we're going to do that. And as always, check out the end of the episode because I'm going to share my own little Disney hack. All right, guys, enjoy this episode as we hack Disney. Hey, what's going on, LA Hackers? Welcome to another episode of the Life Hacks LA Podcast. Really excited to interview our next guest because we're going to be hacking the happiest place on earth. That's right. We're hacking Disneyland and we're doing it with Chantel from Disneyland Tour Guide. Uh, how are you doing today, Chantel? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. It's awesome to have you on. I mean, it's definitely one of the most popular suggestions we ever do is when we post anything about Disneyland, people go crazy. Yes, it is the happiest place on earth. Yeah. So we got to get we got to get into this pretty quickly because I've been following you for a while and you just throw out so many amazing hacks and tips about Disneyland. But before we do that, I just want to find out a little bit more about you. So where are you from originally and what's your connection with Southern California or the Disneyland area? Okay. So I was born and raised in the Phoenix area um, and I still live in Phoenix, but I am an annual pass holder. Um, My love of Southern California just, I think, stems from my childhood we would visit the parks with my family growing up and we would go to Disneyland, we would go to the beach, um, but mainly Disneyland. And so as I grew up, got married and had children of my own, I just knew that's where I wanted to vacation and it's not too far from the Phoenix area. So visiting Southern California was something we did probably, you know, at least once a year, if not twice. So we've continued to do that and I just love Disneyland. So that's that's an awesome tradition to pass on to your family, <laughs> the Disneyland tradition. Um, right. That's pretty cool, too, because most people I know who are annual pass holders live in the area because they, um, you know, can access it easier, obviously. But you love it so much, you're willing to travel out of state and come more than once a year. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Okay, so like I mentioned, um, we love Disneyland, of course, and we love your account, Disneyland Tour Guide, because of all those amazing tips that you give. Can you tell us a little bit more about it for people who aren't familiar with it? Um, Why did you start it and what is the purpose of it? Okay, yeah, good question. So I started my account a little over like two years ago, um, and I would say the main reason was for my family and close friends. I would get questions all the time like, Hey Chantel, when is the best time to go? Or can you tell me which rides I need to go on? Or what's the best thing to eat? And what show can I not miss? And I would get questions all the time. And so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to put this information on an Instagram account for everyone to see. And that way I can point them to, hey, this is what I would suggest. And I can send them a message or, or an Instagram post. And I didn't think back then 
how big my account and how much, I guess, traction and momentum it would get because I'm just sharing things that everyday people want to know and understand about Disneyland. And really my, my purpose has kind of changed in the sense that I really just want to help the regular family guest person who plans to go to Disneyland, help them understand how to make the most out of their day because there's so much to do and so much information out there. And I try and kind of put it into a, you know, plan and a process so that you can make the most out of your day and get the most out of your money. Cause let's, I mean, really Disneyland's not cheap. So to be able to do anything and everything that you want in, whether it's one day, two days, or however long, my goal is to help you be able to do that more efficiently. Yeah. And you're, you're so right. I mean, Disneyland, I've been there many times, but it can be overwhelming, you know, especially if you don't plan ahead and you just kind of show up and whatever happens, happens. That's not the way to go about going to Disneyland. No, no it's not. <laughs> All right. So before we jump into specific Disneyland tips, I'd like to talk a little bit about your personal relationship with Disney. What do you think some of the reasons in general, why you and so many millions of others connect and love Disneyland so much? Well, I think for me personally, um, my love of Disneyland started as a child. My parents took us to Disneyland and I was able to feel that magic, you know, from the moment you walk in the park, uh, you hear the music, the sights, the sounds, all of that. And I have childhood memories of, you know, meeting Mickey Mouse and going on the you know Dumbo for the first time or you know all of those sorts of things seeing the parade being involved and being with my family and making those memories um, and it was important to me to do that with my my family as you know we had children um, and as I had children I saw it through different eyes because I watched them and I watched the magic of Disney um, from the characters to the cast members um, they're just, they, they really go out of their way to, I feel like make magic happen for guests and to make you feel like you have really gone to a different place and you're not, you know, in your normal, regular habitat, you're, you're in this magical place where you can meet these characters, where you can go on these rides and you really forget, you know, the rest of the world. And you have this these magical moments with your family or loved ones or whoever you are there with. And I, I think that's what Disney does best is that they really, um, their, their cast and their, um, the characters, all of that, they have, um, I, I would, I guess I would say they have, um, given them the opportunity to help other people make magic. You know, I've been to the park several times where a cast member will come up to us and they will, offer us fast passes um, or, you know, ask us how our day is and if there's anything they can do to help us. And I just feel like their customer service is above and beyond what, um, you know, you would find normally. Um, and I think the other thing that draws me especially to Disney um, is their cleanliness of their parks. For being an amusement park, I feel like just their atmosphere and the cleanliness and all that goes into that, they really take pride in their environment and I, I appreciate that as a customer um, and a guest being there that I can know okay you know I'm not going to find anything that you know you would find probably at other amusement parks and so I love that that you know Walt started eons ago that you know it's going to be clean and that we're going to have these 
cast members that are kind and courteous and really helpful. And so I think a combination of all those things really make it magical. Yeah, that's so true. That's a great point. I, I, you know, I didn't really think about that, but there's so much in the details that makes Disneyland magical when you visit and right. you really feel like you're transported into another world when, when you exactly. go. I, I was going to, this is kind of a one-off question, but I was just going to ask you, um, every time I've gone to Disneyland and you've gone way more than I have, but I always see something that I didn't see before, but not just like a little thing, like something amazing, you know what I mean? Like, like every time I've gone, there's something new that I just randomly see that I'm like, wow, that's incredible. I didn't, I've never seen that before. Right. I feel like there are so many details, even as many times as I go, I still feel like I can walk down main street and I can still see a sign or I can see a a window or something where I'm like, Oh, I didn't ever notice that. Or you go on to an attraction and you're like in the line and you see something different. There's just, and, and they are always bringing new things, whether it be entertainment or attractions or what have you, they're always innovating, you know? And I really appreciate that because there's so much to do that you, I, I don't feel like any trip is the exact same. I mean, you're always discovering something new. Yeah, that's very true. No trip is the exact same. Okay, Chantel, so this is Life Hacks LA. So we're going to jump into some of your Disneyland tips. Now, like I said, I've been following your account and you have an unbelievable amount of tips that you give on your stories. And that's, that's why I love following your account. So I try to break it down a little bit just because there's just so much we can't fit it all into one interview. And right. the first thing I was going to ask you about just in general, if you could share some of your favorites, uh, ideas and the best time to go to Disneyland as far as like what time of year, um, what time in the day, that, that sort of thing. Just the timing of going to make the best experience possible. Yeah, okay, great question. So I get this question a lot um, because I do go often and I kind of have, you know, discovered or figured out the patterns. And, you know, unfortunately gone are the days when Disneyland used to be, you could go in January and walk on a ride those days are pretty much gone. You know, they, we used to be able to do that, but in general, um, January tends to be a quieter month, um, and February. And then you jump in March starts with your spring breaks. And then you've got spring breaks in March and April may starts with your grad nights and June, July, and August to summer, summer months, vacationing. And then you come back to September and September is another good month and it tends to be a little quieter. Um, but now they've added kind of the holiday earlier, you know, their whole fall Halloween um, that starts in early September that draws in the crowds, but September still is a pretty good month to go. October, you have your fall breaks, which not all of California does, but a lot of Arizona, Utah, Nevada, they have, it's like a spring break, but it's in the fall. So you're, you're having those school. So anytime kids are out of school in general, your parks are going to be crowded because that's when families can take their kids and go to the parks. So October isn't as good as it used to be. Um, and then November and December, then you're into the Christmas holidays. So those are kind of the months. I mean, my, my best, I would still say your best months or bets are January, February, or September. Um, but then as far as during the week, okay, so your weekends tend to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Those are the four busier days. Um, if you can plan a trip on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, you know, that's going to be better. Obviously, the best day of the week to go, I feel like, is Tuesday or Wednesday. Those two days tend to not be as crowded, 
Um, the one thing that I have to warn followers about is when you do go on those less, you know, crowded, if you want to call them anymore, you know, like September um, or in January, February, you run into refurbishments. So you're going to have attractions that are either down um, or closed for some, some period of time. But sometimes you also will have, like in January, you'll have shortened hours. So the park won't be open as long, especially during the week. So you have to take those things into consideration. Okay, am I going to go in March when the parks are going to be open from, you know, sun up to sun, you know, midnight or whatever? Or do I want to go in January when maybe the park's going to close at eight, but I have less people to deal with? Um, so I kind of make sure that people understand that, that, yeah, it's looking at the month, but knowing that, you know, hours may be different and also entertainment. Um, sometimes entertainment is not offered during the week. So when I say go on like a Tuesday or Wednesday, you might not get the show with fireworks. You might just get the show. Like for instance, currently they have Mickey's Mixed Magic, which happens every night, but it only happens and has fireworks on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So that's mm -hmm. kind of the, the, the toss up is, okay, yeah, trying to maneuver when you'd go with maybe less crowds, because I won't say it's not crowded anymore, um, but with less people, your, your best bet's gonna be during the week, um, and then, you know, in those months I mentioned. Now, as far as what time to get there, I always tell people to get to the parks at Rope Drop. Now, Rope Drop is, let's say on the Disneyland website, it says the park opens at 8 a.m. Okay, well, because the park opens at 8 a.m., you can actually arrive before that. So if you arrive at 7, 7.30, I always tell guests about 30 minutes before the posted opening time. So if the park opens at 8 a.m., you arrive at the gates by 7.30, they usually will let you in. They let you in the gates, you scan your ticket, and then you can wander around Main Street. Sometimes there's characters out. You can grab a coffee. You can walk down Main Street and sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll let you in as far as, you know, the castle. And then you can't get on rides, but then you're, they put up ropes. They actually physically put up ropes um, in front of the different lands. And then at 8 a.m., they have a little announcement and then they welcome you to Disneyland and they drop, you know, they take the rope away. And so that's why they call it rope drop. So rope drop starts at 8 a.m. if that's the time the park opens at 8 a.m. and then you're off and you're going to your first ride while people are like, oh, okay, Disneyland opens at eight and maybe they're just barely arriving or they don't get to the park till nine or 10 because you know, they're just not, not morning people. So in those first two hours that the park is open, there are not as many guests in the park. And so in those first two hours, you can get a lot of attractions done. Um, you can see a lot of things that, especially those attractions that build lines later in the day. So even if you go during a busy month, you go in the middle of December, if you get to the park at rope drop or the 30 minutes before that, and you're there and you're ready to go as soon as that, you know, announcement comes, they drop that rope, you're headed to your first ride, you can get a lot of rides done in those first two hours. Whereas people that, you know, stroll into the park around 10 or 11 when, you know, everybody's up and they're moving, then those people, you know, then, then that's when the crowds kind of come in. So no matter what day you go, my theory is if you are there for rope drop, 
you can still accomplish so much. Those are some great tips, Chantel. And it's perfectly describes my last experience because we went right at rope drop the last time we went. And by 10 or 11 o'clock, it was complete zoo. And we only got on maybe one or two rides the rest of the day. <laughs> so we had ridden all our rides in the very beginning in our first two hours. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a huge difference on your day. Yeah. Okay. Those are some awesome tips about the timing and the best times to go to Disneyland. What about tips on saving money? Because we all know Disneyland is getting more and more expensive. What are some of the best deals that people can take advantage of? Okay. So currently there is actually a SoCal ticket that is being sold for SoCal residents in certain zip codes. Um, and it is for three days. Um, it's a three day. You can either get a park hopper or you can get a one park per day. Um, it's three days and unlike normal tickets, it is not consecutive. So like you don't have to do the three days within, you know, the 13 days, like a normal ticket is. So you could go one day, you know, like next week, then you go one day in March, you can go one day in April. It's good until May 21st. So, and it also includes one magic morning, which magic morning happens at Disneyland on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And so one of those three days you could go and you get in an hour early before other guests and Fantasyland and Tomorrowland is open and you can go on those rides. So that's a great option right now is that ticket. And then also for everyone, um, they are currently running a deal for kids tickets. So kid tickets are three to nine years old and I believe it's $86 off the regular price. And again, that's a special from now until um, May 21st. So those are two current deal ticket deals that are going on. Um, and I always recommend to purchase tickets through Getaway Today. And I don't know, Stephanie, if you can, you know, add it in the, the notes to the podcast or they can go to my website. But Getaway Today, the tickets there are always discounted. So in, in addition to getting your SoCal discount or your kid discount, um, you will get a discount on tickets. And they are a Disney partner. So they've been partnered with Disney for 30 years. And so I personally use them. I always purchase my tickets. And if I need a hotel, you know, I always get that through them as well. But for tickets, you can purchase the tickets through them. And then you're saving a couple bucks. And a couple bucks is a couple bucks you can spend on a churro. So I'm yeah. all about saving money. Oh, so that's cool. So what you're saying is even though you're buying it through Getaway Today, you're still getting whatever special that Disneyland is running uh, on top of the getaway today's discount. Exactly. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm looking at that deal right now. So for everyone who's listening, we're recording this in Jan late January of 2020, but, um, and this is an amazing deal, this three day park hopper. I might have to get this, but yeah, you just want to Google because they, they typically have these um, specials like this during the slow times of the year, like Chantel mentioned in January. So you definitely want to go to Getaway today and see if there's any special deals going on before you just go out and randomly buy Disneyland tickets because the prices just keep climbing and climbing. Exactly. And if, if and anyone who's listening, if they want to go to my website and they're interested in tickets and, and hotel, I always have a coupon code that they can use. So I would just, you know, throw that out there. If you go to DisneylandTourGuide.com, you can always get that as well. Okay, great. Yeah, I'll put a direct link in my show notes and uh, people can just click on that and go right to your website and not, not only get discount tickets, but some amazing tips that we're talking about here. Um, okay, so let's jump into 
the um, special celebrations that go on in Disneyland. I mean, there's so many. You mentioned some of the big ones, like the annual ones, like the Halloween and the and the um, the New Year's and the and the Christmas. Right now, they have the Lunar New Year celebration going on. So I was just curious, what are some of your personal favorites for these big special events that they have annually? Yeah, so Disney, I feel like they have really added over the years. Um, Lunar New Year hasn't been going on for too many years. That's a new one. Um, they have food and uh, wine festival, which will start the end of February and goes through April. Um, and then, you know, th- you've got your Halloween and your Christmas. And, you know, I get asked a lot, okay, what's your favorite time of year, Halloween or Christmas? And I, I really love them both. Um, I love the decorations at Halloween time. I love the, this year they did the Oogie Boogie party, which was new. And I really loved that. But I still go back to Christmas as my all-time favorite time of the year to be there. I don't know if it's between the decorations, the characters dressed in Christmas outfits, the parade, the fireworks, everything just is so magical. And they always have delicious treats. I'm a peppermint fan. They have peppermint beignets. They just, they go all out. I feel like for Christmas, you can meet Santa um, it snows on Main Street. It snows at the castle. I mean, when does it snow in Southern California? So, I mean, I just feel like it's so magical and they really know how to do the holidays right. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I went this last um, Christmas. We, we took my, my, my son and of course it's crowded, but you see so many amazing things that you don't see on a normal trip to Disneyland, like the the parades and they had the snowfall and the fireworks and the big giant Christmas tree. I mean, it's, it's just an un, unbeatable time to go. It really is. And I, I, I always mention this because I feel like we're spoiled at Disneyland. We get the parade and this awesome fireworks show with, um, you know, the projections on the walls on main street and the projections on the castle. All of that is included with your park ticket. Whereas in Disney World, they have a specific Christmas party that you have to pay for to go to to see those things. So we really are lucky at Disneyland that we get all that when we have a ticket or an annual pass and we go to the parks. We get all that Christmas stuff included. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize that. I've only been to Disney World once, but um, I'm a Disneyland guy. You know, Los Angeles, it's just (laughs) down the street. (laughs) So I'm partial. Plus, it's the original. Right. I agree. Okay, so this is uh, kind of a selfish question because uh, I've had to go through this a lot. And that's um, when you go to Disneyland with kids and it can be super stressful. My, my son's a little older now, but, so, but uh, when he was like four, three, four, five, I start to question like, why did I even decide to spend hundreds of dollars? And this is the day we're getting like a totally stressful day. So maybe we can help all the parents out there and you can share some tips about uh, how to make it less stressful when you have kids with you. Oh, totally. Great question. So been there, done that. When my kids were little, we went to Disneyland um, and I learned a few things along the way. Um, I would say my number one tip, and this was hard for me as a Disneyland fan. I wanted to be at Disneyland all day long. I'm a rope drop to fireworks girl. And when we took our little kids, it was like, okay, they can't last all day long. And I think the, 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 probably the best thing that we did is you know, we would get up in the morning, we would go, we would go, go, go and do all the things we wanted to. And we would always take an afternoon nap. Like we would leave the parks. We would not have them, you know, take a nap in the stroller. Now I know not everyone can do this, but if you are staying somewhere that is not too far away, 
it is worth it to get in the car to take them back to the hotel and even if they don't nap they have that downtime where they can just you know either lay down rest or run around your room whatever but they are you know not you know stimulated by everything that's going on at disneyland they have a chance to rest and then come back to the parks early evening five or six grab some dinner see another show do a few more rides and then go home um, I, I'm one that's, I'm a big advocate of making sure your kids get a nap if, if they're in that, you know, that age of needing a nap. If they need a nap at home, they need a nap when they're at Disneyland, no different. Um, so that's my biggest suggestion is make sure you take that break for them in the afternoon. Um, another good thing is they can't tolerate, nor do they understand why you're waiting in this line. They don't know what to expect, what's going on. So a few things, make sure you bring snacks, bring fruit snacks, fishies, whatever it is your kids love to eat. You can bring any snack, you know, drinks, whatever into the park. So bring those with you in your stroller, in your backpack, whatever you're bringing bring stuff for them. So bring their snacks so that when you're waiting in line, you can hand them a fruit snack, you can hand them their fishies and they're entertained by eating so they can pass the time. Um, the other thing that we did when our kids were younger is we would bring um, something for them to do, like whether it's their favorite, you know, toy, like a car, um, or if they had a favorite dolly or whatever, but we would also bring like hands-on things like, you know, um, maybe a sticker book or an activity book or something that they could do. Like if you were sitting waiting for the parade, that's a, sometimes that can be a long time to sit and wait. So bring something for them to do. So they're not just sitting there, you know, you've got your phone or whatever you're doing, but it's nice to have something for them to do, um, to take away from the, you know, crying and screaming that, you know, they're, they're hungry or whatever. Well, okay. Take away the hunger by bringing snacks, the frustration of waiting, give them something to do. So bring something for them to do, bring them their snacks, let them take their naps, because that is so important. Um, and then the other thing is, um, I would say, if they're old enough, ask them what they wanna do. And now if it's their first time Disneyland, they're not gonna know what to expect, but if they've been, or they have a favorite Disney movie or character, make sure that you do something for them that they have, that they can look forward to, or that, Hey, we're going to go meet Mickey or we're going to see your favorite princess or, or whatever. Um, they have, you know, something that they can look forward to or something that they know that is specifically for them. Those are some, yeah, those are some great tips. They definitely need to. So do you normally stay at the Disneyland hotel that that's why you're able to go take a nap in the day or, or, no. a, Dis, or a hotel nearby? Or? No, I did not stay when we were, um, when they, when the kids were younger, we always stayed at a hotel that was within driving distance. Um, because I personally, I feel like the hotels that are right there, I love the hotels, the Disneyland hotel, the grand California and the paradise pier. They're, they're great hotels, but when we're coming, we're staying for several days and we're coming from so far, I like to spend more money in the parks and not in my hotel because I'm not really there. So sometimes, you know, we would usually get a hotel that's down the street. You can get hotels that are across the street and you could still walk. So you don't necessarily have to be at a Disney property to be able to walk back to your hotel and take naps. But we would drive, you know, sometimes we would stay, you know, somewhere on Harbor. There's a lot of hotels close in Garden Grove. I mean, you don't have to be right there at the Disneyland Hotel to go back and take your kid for a nap. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, staying at the Disneyland Hotel, it's, it's super expensive, but 
I'm not going to lie. It's very convenient. <laughs> we, we did it, it once. In, oh, oh my God. It's so convenient. So we, we had, a, um, one of my nieces had her birthday there. So we all decided to just pony up the extra money and stay the weekend. And they let you in for a magic hour, an hour early. So we got on three rides before the park even opened. And you know, when, you, when the kids are tired, it's very close to get back to, but you're right. It's very, very expensive. So it's not something you could do every time, you know? Exactly. And it is something to splurge on. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have my moments when we're like, okay, we are staying at the Disneyland hotel and we are, you know, living it up. And I love staying there. And there, and the perk of getting into the parks every day, an hour early is a big bonus. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. All right. So let's jump into food. This isn't something I know much about. I, I really haven't explored like Disneyland food that much, you know, but I, it, apparently it's a big thing because there's Instagram accounts just dedicated to Disney food. And so I wanted to get your take on that. Like what are your favorite places to eat and, and do they change the theme of food or something? Cause I, I always see these temporary like right, right. food things pop up and then I never see them again. Okay. So let's talk about the food that is like temporary, like you're saying. Okay. So since they started doing these other events, um, if they have like a certain event going on or a celebration, then they normally have food to go along with it. And so these are the specialty items that are only available during that time. Like I mentioned at Christmas time, they have peppermint beignets and they have these different things. So they will have a separate food guide and it will tell you from the time the event starts, you know, for Christmas, let's say example, in you know, beginning of November until the beginning of January, you can get these certain food items and almost every restaurant within the parks has a specialty Christmas item. Um, and it, you can get it in, in the app. So you can use the app and it'll say, you know, Disney food, specialty foods. Um, you can also pick up at the, uh, when you go into the gates, they'll have a separate food guide along with your park map and all that stuff. Um, so different times of the year, they will have specialty food items. And they're always fun and they do a really good job. Christmas time, Halloween time. Um, right now they have Lunar New Year. They have um, what they call food booths. So they have booths that are specialized in different specialty items and food that have to do with Lunar New Year's. So again, that's only going to be items and things that you can find now until Lunar New Year's over. So the kind of the bummer is if you see these foods out there somewhere on somebody's Instagram or wherever, you're like, oh, I want that. And you're not going for four or five months, then you're probably not going to get that food item. So as they're really great and fun, and it's, I'm, I'm so happy that Disney does that. If, you're, if you don't go often enough, then you probably won't run into those food items. So that brings me to like my staples, my favorite places to eat that are always there. Um, so in, in Disneyland, um, I would say probably my favorite sit down place to eat is Cafe Orleans, um, which is in New Orleans and they reservations are not required, but they're suggested. Um, but they have my favorite dish, which is the Monte Cristo. It's like a sandwich. Um, it's a turkey, ham, cheese, and it's kind of a breaded, just delicious sandwich. And then they have palm frites, which are like a French fry with this, um, like cheese and garlic and just, just delicious. So, um, Cafe Orleans is one of my favorite sit down restaurants. Um, and then as far as like, you know, fast food or, you know, picking it up and, you know, taking it, 
I, I don't know what it is about Disneyland and their corn dogs. I'm not a corn dog fan normally, but I have to have a corn dog when I'm at Disneyland. This is a Disney know. corn dog, right? Yes, I don't know what it is. So, and you can get corn dog um, on Main Street, and you can also get a corn dog at the Stage Door Cafe, um, which is in uh, front. Um, but love me a corn dog. And um, also in Disneyland, they have um, just in general snacks and treats. And you can get a Mickey pretzel, you can get churros, um, you can get Dole Whip. I mean, all those things are, are great. Um, and they're, they're things you can find all year round. So that's why I love to talk about food that you can get any time of the year, because it doesn't matter what time you go, you're going to be able to find it. Um, if you hop over to Disney California Adventure, one of my favorite places to eat is the Flows, which is located in Cars Land. Um, they have a really yummy breakfast. They have a good sandwich um, at lunch, dinner time, and the views are amazing. You can watch the cars ride um, right outside their restaurant. Um, and again, you can get your staples there. You can get your Mickey pretzel, your churros, popcorn, you know, all those things. Um, but another thing that I, I think people don't realize is, you know, Disneyland and Disney California Adventure are right in front of each other. They're very close. You walk to, to, to them. But also Disney, downtown Disney is just as close and you can walk to restaurants in downtown Disney. I have two favorites that you can walk to in downtown Disney. You can also hop on the monorail in Disneyland at the Finding Nemo ride and hop and, and ride the monorail down to downtown Disney and it'll drop you off right in the heart of downtown Disney. You can eat at a restaurant down there and then hop back on and go back into Disneyland. Um, but two of my favorites in downtown are, one is Black Tap, and they haven't been open very long. They've got those crazy shakes, um, and they're just ginormous. And <laughs> they've also got delicious food, burgers, sandwiches, french fries, onion rings, that sort of thing. Um, so that's a great family restaurant, just really good food. Um, and then they also have Napolini, which is a pizza place where you can build your own pizza. So you go in, and it's just kind of like a walkthrough. And you tell them what toppings you want on it and they bake it right there for you and it's very reasonably priced and delicious pizza so those are kind of my favorites in all three of those locations um, that you can get year-round okay chantelle those are some great tips yeah downtown disney is actually pretty fun just to hang out i mean if you live in the area you wouldn't uh -huh. fly right. down and hang out at downtown disney but uh, like you said they've got some great restaurants there they've got a few bars and they put in some new new spots so it's actually kind of cool just to hang out there downtown disney all right, Chantel, I wasn't going to ask you this, but it, right, like I said, right now it's late January, and I wasn't going to ask you this because it just opened, and that's the, the new Star Wars ride, um, the uh, Rise of the Resistance. Yes. I wasn't going to ask you because it just opened, but then I was following your stories, and you're posting all these amazing <laughs> tips about it, and yeah. then I found this article on your website that has more amazing tips, and, and I'll link to it in the show notes, but you've got to give us some tips about uh, that new ride because uh, I'm a huge Star Wars, fan, Star Wars fans. Many people are. We know that it's really hot right now. Everybody wants to go. So, so what are your, what are some tips and hacks you have for that new ride? Yeah, great question. So it is the newest attraction that has opened in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And this attraction, it's more of an experience when I describe it and I don't want to give any spoilers, but it's, it's a kind of a combination of a ride and a walkthrough and you see and do all these things and you don't have to be necessarily, I'm a Star Wars fan, but I don't feel like you have to be a Star Wars fan to enjoy this experience. 
I mean, it is just like next level Disney attraction. Amazing. Um, so because how long, this, how long does it last? Is it one of those rides? And, and again, you're right. No spoilers because I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either, right. but, um, is it one of those things where you're experiencing most of it as you're waiting to get on the ride or is it, um, so, or is the ride itself really long? Right. So you get in the line and you're in the, and the queue itself is very interactive. There are things you can do in the Disney parks play app and you can like, you know, scan your phone and do things. So it's interactive like that. There are a lot of props and things you can see. I would say the line itself is really cool. But from the time you actually start what I would call the attraction to the very end is about 20 minutes. So once you're, in, if you're in line and you're walking and then as soon as, you know, we probably were in line for about 25, 30 minutes and then we got to the ride. So our experience was about an hour long and you can expect that right now just with the popularity. The, what, what Disney has done and I think it's amazing is that you're not standing in a line forever you're you're trying to you get in the morning you get in a boarding group and the boarding group is like a virtual queue so you get in this boarding group and it will tell you okay all right you're in boarding group 46 and i'll tell you how to get on a boarding group in just a minute but you're in this boarding group and you're not waiting in a physical line you can go and do whatever you want in disneyland and the app will tell you hey it's your time to go you know get get in your boarding group it's boarding group 46 or whatever and you have two hours to get over to the ride and enjoy it wow. so and, and, that, and that's different than the fast pass you're talking right. about just it's specific to this ride exactly it's just specific to this particular ride unlike when cars land open i remember there was like a four or five hour wait for the new cars land ride and people were waiting for four and five hours in a line and disney's like okay we want to take away that we want them to experience the ride but not have to physically wait so it's really, it's, it's amazing. So this is how you get in a boarding group. And when I say boarding group, know that it could be for one person. Like you don't have to have a group of people to get in this group. The group is just a, you know, a number and we don't know how many people get in each group, but the boarding group is just allows you to get on the ride. So in the morning you have to be in the gates and your ticket has to be scanned in and you have to be physically inside Disneyland before the, the, you know, if the hour that the park opens is 8 a.m., be inside the park and have your, your ticket scanned. So you're in the park at 7.45, you've got your app open. There's a specific Disneyland app and everyone should have the Disneyland app on their phone regardless because it helps you when you're at Disneyland. It tells you where the food is, where the attractions are, how long the wait time is. So in general, you wanna have that app on your phone. But if you wanna get on this ride, you definitely have to have the app they do have other op options but the best way to get a boarding group is to have the app on your phone so you'll scan your ticket and you'll get into the park now if you're in there with your other people in your group what you can do is you can scan your ticket and their tickets onto your phone and then have them scan your ticket and all the tickets in whatever however many people are in your group everyone have it on their phone and so this is the key is every group every person in your in your party has your ticket and three or four of you, if you're, you know, let's say there's four of you. So you have all four tickets. When eight o'clock strikes, okay, then you want to make sure you're inside the app. In the app, there will be a boarding group section. It's right on the front of the app and it'll say join boarding group and that light will go from gray to red, like a red orange. And you tap on that as soon as you see it hit red. And it's kind of like a, a lottery system. I feel like right now, 
your chances of getting in a boarding group, I mean, you could and you couldn't. It, it really just depends. It's as fast as your finger is tapping and getting into that app. So that's why I suggest that everybody in your party try to get on a boarding group because once one of you gets in, then the rest of you are in and your app will say, oh, you're already in a boarding group. You're already in a boarding group. So it's kind of like a speed type thing. It's kind of like when you go to get concert tickets, you know, they first go out and you're like, okay, yeah. I gotta hurry up and get them before they sell out. Well, They've almost gamified it. <laughs> yes. So you have to be there. Biggest tip is be there before the park opens. Make sure everybody has their tickets linked. And if you have any questions, you can ask a cast member. But as soon as that eight o'clock hour hits or whatever time the park opens, make sure you are in the app. The app is open and watch for that red. It, and it, it'll tell you on the app um, and you get in that boarding group. But they have been gone within a minute to two minutes the park is open. And then all the boarding groups are gone for the day. If you don't get in a boarding group, you don't ride the attraction that day. I mean, it's kind of similar to when the Millennium Falcon uh, ride first came out. It was so hard to get on it. Now, do you think this boarding group thing is like a temporary thing while the ride is in insanely popular because it just came out 10 days ago? Or do you think that's here to stay, that, that boarding group method? You know, I, I don't know that it's here to stay, but I think it's here for a little while because it is the most efficient way for Disney to get guests in and out of the attraction without there being a huge wait. I'm like, I mean, like a month from now, if they were to get rid of it, you would have four or five hour line wait. So I think Disney is smart and that they're not probably going to get rid of this. And I've talked to cast members and some things that work on the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge team. And they've told me that this particular boarding group situation is around for a little while. Oh, okay. All right. So Chantel, I want to be respectful of your time, but so many questions have popped up in my head just since we've been talking. So maybe I could just do kind of like a little rapid fire here. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have some questions that I, that I just have to get answered. So when you go to Disneyland in general, do you break it down into parts? Like, do you say, okay, I'm going to see this half of the park today because I know I'm going to be back here five more times and I'm really going to enjoy it. Or every time you go, you try to see as much as possible. You know what? I think it depends on my purpose. Like when I go, if I'm with, you know, my friends or my family, and, you know, we're there on like a trip, then yes, my focus is let's get as much done. And we start in one park and we go around and I kind of have a, a plan in mind. I always have a plan when I go to Disneyland. I'm going to go here, here, and here. And I go in that, that particular order so that I can maximize my time. If I'm going um, to do, you know, work, get content, that sort of thing, then I go specifically to a specific place and I'm doing something specific. But in general, my preference is to go and get as much done and to just enjoy everything that I can in the amount of time I have. Oh, okay. And one of our followers asked me to ask you about Disney Club 33. I'm not that familiar with it. Can you just give us a brief um, yeah. description of that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Club 33 is an exclusive club um, that is located in New Orleans Square. And you have to be a member. And to be a member, at this point, it used to be that you could pay an amount of money and you could be, anyone could be like a member. At this point, you have to be nominated by what somebody who's already a member of Club 33. So unless you have an in and you know somebody who's a member, it's kind of hard to get into Club 33 as far as becoming a member. Now, to go in there to dine and to eat, again, it's very exclusive. Um, if you know a member, a member can invite you and take you to Club 33, and you can dine there. Um, it's very exclusive. Um, I personally have only been there one time in my life. I was invited. 
by a member of Club 33 to go and dine. Um, it was an, an amazing experience. Was that but, through your account or was that before you had this huge following? No, that was actually through my account. Um, yeah, somebody okay, cool. made my, my Disney dreams come true. It opens doors, doesn't it? I get all this cool yeah. LA stuff now that I've got to follow. <laughs> right, yes. So it was very magical, but it, it is very difficult to get in. I will tell you okay. that. Okay, that, that's good to know. I mean, I, I'd heard about it, but I didn't really know what, I, I had no idea it was that exclusive. I mean, I just thought you had to pay yeah. a lot of money and you could get in. So that's pretty cool. Uh -huh. But um, okay, like I said, I want to be respectful of your time. I feel like we could talk all day. But right. I'll definitely link to your website because you've got some great articles on there. I wanted to ask you though, because we were talking about how when you go to Disneyland, your experience can be so different. And a lot of it's because of like the parades that go on. You might come across random characters or they have sp some special event going on at the time. So I wanted to ask you, this might be a little difficult question, but what would you consider your perfect day at Disneyland from getting there at rope drop to leaving at night after the fireworks? What would happen to make it Chantel's dream day at Disneyland? So I think like magic wise, um, I like to experience things. Number one, in each trip, I like to plan something that I have never done before, whether it be, it's probably not an attraction because I've done all the attractions, but whether it's a new show or a show I haven't seen in a long time or make time to visit a character or dine somewhere that I've never dined. I like to do something because there are so many things to do at Disneyland. I mean, for instance, you know, just in town square, this last time I was there, I saw for the very first time, they do the flag raising ceremony and they, they lower the flag at 4.30 every day and they honor all the different um, people, the Navy, the Army, all these. And it was just amazing to watch and to listen and to, to do. And I just, it was magical. And so I will never forget that because that was something that I did on that particular trip. So, you know, I always have my basics and my, I get there at rope drop and I, I do all my, my favorite rides and um, I fit in characters and see characters where I can, but the magic really comes in when you're, you know, walking down Main Street and you see, happen to see, you know, a character or you are on an attraction and a cast member invites you to, you know, ride in the front row or things like that. Things like that where magic happens and I try and soak it up and I just want to remember that particular moment. Um, and I try to stop and not, I used to be like, okay, we're going to do this ride and this ride and, get, and you know, I have this set plan. And I try to stop and enjoy the moment because I feel like, you know, each trip is different and I want to experience everything, but I also want to be in the moment. So if I'm at Disneyland and my kid sees, Hey, I want to go ride on this. And I'm like, no, that's not, that's not in the plan. <laughs> um, I, I have to be, I, I have to really like, cause my brain wants to say, no, let's go do this. Um, I have to, I want to let them do that. So, so those magical moments when, Somebody in your family is like, hey, let's go do this instead. Or you know what? Hey, let's stop and let's watch this parade, even though this is what we were going to do. Just take those moments of being there and being present and whatever it is, even though it's not in your plan, do it because you'll be happy that you did. That's, that's such an awesome suggestion. And I can relate so well because I've, you know, with the hacks thing, I've kind of got type A personality as well. Uh -huh. And now that I... Like this year was the first time I went multiple times in the same year. We bought a three-day hopper 
And I just decided, okay, we've got three time, three different times I'm going to go this year. I'm going to relax a little bit and not try to plan every second of this. And I had so much more fun just relaxing. And okay, one day I'm going to do this half. The next time I'm going to do that half. So, so yeah, that's a great tip just to like take in the magic and, and, and not, to, not to make it a stressful experience. Exactly. Yes. Okay, Chantel, this is a loaded question. <laughs> so because we're coming to the end of this and you've got so much information, I feel like we got to do a part two, but are there any like major tips or hacks that I haven't asked you or we didn't already talk about that you want to share before we wrap this up? You know what? There, I would say there's two. So one is mobile ordering, which is fairly new in the parks. Um, it is something, again, that is done through the Disney app, which I highly recommend downloading before you go. Uh, look at the Disneyland app, download on your phone, get familiar with it. But within the Disneyland app, you can go into the app and I would say the majority of the restaurants that, you know, are at Disneyland or Disney California Venture now, you can go in and let's say you are riding the train around and you know that you, as soon as you get off that train, you're going to go and you're going to eat at Alien Pizza Port. You can go into the app and you can mobile order. You can say, I want a piece of pizza. I want a salad. And a drink and you can mobile order it and then you can go and pick it up um wow. and now that i'm saying that i hope alien pizza planets on the mobile app but <laughs> anyway <laughs> my my i guess what i'm trying to get out is most restaurants you can do that so you can plan ahead or this is another thing with kids kids do not want to wait in line when they are hungry they are hungry so you can get into the app and you can say all right okay i need to get some chicken nuggets and i need to get them fast so you go and you go to Stage Door Cafe and you order your chicken nuggets and your corn dog and french fries. And then you go to a separate line to pick it up. You say, I'm here. And you go to a separate line. So you're always saving time when you use the mobile order app. It's really just the newest and the greatest thing at Disneyland. That's highly awesome. recommend. Yeah. Highly recommend yeah. mobile order. Um, and then the other thing is when I talk about planning, I think it's really important that before you go to the park that you do have some sort of an idea um, of how to use the, the fast pass system. It can be complicated for the first time, but once you get a hang of it, you understand what a fast pass is and how you use max pass. Max pass is different where you max pass, you pay for that service and you use the app. And so you don't have to go to each kiosk and get a fast pass. The nice thing about max pass is you can just do it on your phone. But some people don't, you know, a big family, that's an added expense of $15 per day per ticket. Um, so I still have tips and ideas on my website of how you can use the free FastPass system and still make the most out of your day. It's just important you kind of categorize and put in a, a plan of how you want to do that. And if that stresses you out and you're just not sure and you're like, I'm going to Disneyland for the first time or I haven't been in five years, I can help you. And I do have customized plans. I'd be happy to help any of your listeners, they can contact me. And I, I do, do, I do do customized plans for people who are interested in that as well. Okay. That's awesome. Gentle. And I was just getting ready to say, because I mean, we could really, there's not enough time to go over all the tips and hacks that you've put together. So I've been browsing yeah. your website and there's just so much on there. So where's the best, you talked about it a few times during the podcast, but where's the best place for people to, uh, to go to find out more about you and those discount tickets and just Disneyland tips and hacks? Okay. So there's two places. My website is www.disneylandtourguide.com. 
that's my website where you can find all of the information we've talked about and more. Um, and then you can find me daily. I'm very active on Instagram and my Instagram handle is at Disneyland tour guide. And I'm there, I'm posting daily as well as in stories. I'm very active and I share tips, you know, in my stories that are very useful as well. I can vouch for that. She is very active on her stories to the point where I've started screenshotting the great tips that you put on there <laughs> because I'm like, I'm not going to Disneyland for a while, but I want to remember this. So I just screenshot yes. it. But Chantel, I want to thank you so much for coming on and helping us hack the happiest place on earth. It was really a pleasure. And you have some incredible tips and hacks about Disneyland. And thanks a lot for coming on the, on the podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Bye Chantel. Goodbye. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode where we hacked Disney with Chantel from DisneylandTourGuide.com. As you can tell from the episode, Chantel has so many hacks about Disney. And if you plan on going anytime soon, you should definitely check out her website, DisneylandTourGuide.com. She has some incredible detailed articles on there about Disney. And she even has some special Disney discounts. And if you're into Instagram, you want to follow her on there because her stories are amazing. I mean, it's just tip after tip after tip. So thank you, Chantel, for coming on. And everyone should go follow her and look her up before you go to Disney. All right, let's get to my special hack. So it's pretty hard to compete with Chantel because she just dropped so many. I'm just going to drop one from my personal experience. So I've always gone to Disneyland and taken advantage of being uh, an Angelino and just driving to Disneyland, going for the day, dealing with all the traffic and the parking and all that stuff. And, you know, it's been fine, but... Last summer, I went for my niece's birthday and they all wanted to stay at the Disneyland Hotel. So that kind of changed my opinion of things. Yes, it was more expensive to stay at the Disneyland Hotels. They're overpriced. I think it was in August when we went, so it was already, you know, high prices, but it was a really cool experience. And so now I'm thinking about doing that at least once a year because it was just so much more convenient. Some of the things you can take advantage of when you're at the Disneyland property is you can take advantage of uh, magic hour which is the best part you basically get access to the park an hour before it opens for everyone else and I swear we got on five or six rides in the first part of our day just because of that and then the rest of the day we got on maybe two so that alone was probably worth it if you don't go to Disney often and like I said it's expensive but there's three properties there's the Disneyland Hotel this California Adventure or sorry the Californian I think it's called and then there's Paradise Pier. So we stayed at Paradise Pier, which is a little cheaper than the other two. And um, it doesn't quite have as many perks, but it's got some cool stuff as well. You know, like there's characters and um, if you got little kids, it's a, it's a cool thing to see. And also you can see the Disneyland fireworks from the pool deck and Paradise Pier. Um, if you go with one of the other two hotels, I'm sure they even have more perks, but again, it's going to be a little more expensive. So anyway, that's my hack for this episode is splurge at least once in your life. If you, if money's an issue, um, I'm going to try to do it once a year where we stay on the property, um, because it, it, it really makes the experience that much more enjoyable. All right, guys, that's all I have for you this week. As always, please subscribe to the podcast it really helps us out and I appreciate it. And if you want to get Ellie's 10 best hacks, you can go to life. No, what is it? 10 dot 10 hacks dot lifehacksla.com. That's it. I say it every week and I still can't remember. All right, guys, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.